Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Everybody has to do taxes, and yet not everybody feels comfortable doing them, which doesn't seem right, especially when you consider all the amazing things these same people accomplish every day of their lives. TurboTax believes that with the right tools and encouragement, people can be good at anything, yes, even taxes. And to help people feel more comfortable with the tax process, TurboTax Live gives you personal access to experienced CPAs and EAs who are there for you, even on nights and weekends. And they're happy to go through your return with you line by line to double check that you've done everything right. So you can be sure to get your best possible refund, feel 100% confidence in your taxes. It's TurboTax. All people are tax people. TurboTax believes everyone should feel comfy doing their taxes. And it's all the tools you need to feel confident in this tax process, including that expert level reassurance. TurboTax has experienced CPAs and EAs available to review your return right along with you. These experienced tax pros can review your return line by line and give you approval even before you file. Ensure your taxes are done right and that you get the best possible refund. TurboTax, all people are tax people. Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow. Endometriosis will spread. Why are you waiting? The CIGC specialists use exclusive laparoscopic techniques to treat complex GYN conditions. You don't need to suffer from abnormal bleeding or pelvic pain. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888- surgery five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on the go life and now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst they're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise try them both then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com you could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Uh, final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Antonio Gates, the former Charger All-Pro tight end, will join us coming up a little bit. Hall of Famer in waiting, Antonio Gates. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, some more names came out. We, of course, had Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson over the weekend. Found out that Jim O'Covert, he blocked for Walter Payton. He blocked for Dan Marino in college. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Harold Carmichael, one of my favorite players because I'd never seen somebody that size play wide receiver. He was listed at 6'8". There haven't been too many players who have been 6'8". Who's the tallest player to play in the NFL? How tall was Tutal Jones, Ed Ed Jones? He was 6'9". Okay. I think Ed Tutal Jones... Might have been the tallest player. The Chiefs had a guy named Morris Stroud, I think. And I think he was a defensive player. But his job would be he would stand at the goalpost on long field goals, and then he would try to block it away. And I remember when they played the – may have been the Raiders or the Dolphins, and he was at the goalpost, so he was trying to jump up and block that. Now, are you allowed to do that, McLovin? Can you still I do that? I think they they outlawed that because of him. I used to have a book of strange and unusual sports fact, and he was on the cover of it, <laughs> blocking a field goal. It was a, I, I'll never forget that image. But imagine if you had somebody who had great hops, and, and somebody was kicking a 60-yard field goal, and they were you realized that they were just going to barely make it. You could go up and block that field goal. But I think his name was Morris Stroud. Yeah, they call it the Stroud rule. It's not allowed. Oh, okay. Yes, Bowen. Richard Sly was seven feet tall. He played on the Raiders. I air quote played. He was on the roster in 67 
and uh, he did not get to play, but he was on that uh, reserve roster. The best players who are tall: Ed Tutal Jones, six foot nine; Jonathan Ogden listed six, six nine. Oh, he's six nine. I have him listed okay. at six nine okay. in a couple different places. With mm. offensive tackle, mostly for the Ravens. Yeah, Hall of Famer. All right, uh, let's see. We also talked about Luke Keekley, who is retiring at the age of twenty eight. LSU has lost their assistant coach, Joe Brady. He's going to the Panthers as the offensive coordinator. Have we ever had a coach and offensive coordinator come close to the ages here of Brady and Matt Rule? How old is Matt Rule? Is he mid-30s? I thought hmm. I thought he just turned 40, but... Okay. But that's still... Right around there. If you're combining oh, those... he's 44. Two, 44. All right, so 74. I'm trying to think... Obviously, Lane Kiffin was crazy young. Mike yeah. Tomlin, uh, McVay, McVay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, who's the new coach of the uh, Browns? Stefanski. Yeah, I have a theory that these young coaches that are really young, they grow the five day growth beard to look older than they are. Mm. They'll salt pepper in the beard. Mm. McVay went with the beard right out of the gate and sticks mm. with it to make him look older. The guy, the guy from the uh, Packers, Lafleur. Yeah, he's a beard guy. Yeah, because otherwise he looks twelve. I was also hoping that Eric Bieniemy would get interviewed for some of these jobs. I did he get any interviews, McLovin? He's the offensive coordinator Gosh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I was wondering the fact that the Chiefs are still alive hurt him. I mean, because you have to hire somebody and get a staff in already. I mean, all the good assistants are going to be gone. Yeah, but Stefanski was still alive when he was interviewing. I mean, four four days ago he's still alive, right, in the playoffs, but. Do you think that if Kansas City was out of the playoffs, that Eric Bieniemy would have gotten a job? No, but I wonder. Or an interview. I I wonder if like yeah, he would have gotten more interviews, and if you get in the right interview. But it, I mean, next year it's got to happen, right? I mean, how many how many points does he have to score? How long has he been there? And he's of course a former running back at Colorado, but I don't know how long he's been there as the offensive coordinator. But this is where they talk about the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule is not just about head coaches because you need to have minorities put in positions where they can be elevated to a head coach. They got to be on the path and on the path means being an offensive or defensive coordinator. Yes. Fritzy. The enemy running backs coach from 2013 to 2017, then became the offensive coordinator. Okay. Well, I hope he gets an opportunity because it certainly seems like he is uh, very good at his job. Yes. McLovin. And also the Andy Reed tree has done very well. Yes. Doug, Doug Peterson did well. Reich has done well. Andy Reid has had a great coaching tree, hasn't he, compared to Bill Belichick? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because Mike Vrabel's not on the coaching tree with Bill Belichick. He's a former player, but not a coach there with Bill Belichick, I believe. Yes, Paul? Doug Peterson was a Chiefs offensive coordinator. He got hired. Um, Matt Nagy was an offensive coordinator for the Chiefs for one season and got the Bears job. Yeah. The enemy's at two. Uh, Jerry in Atlanta joins us. Hi, Jerry. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan, good morning. 6-2-2-10. NFL draft question for you. Okay. You just touched on it. Joe Brady leaving LSU to become Carolina's new offensive coordinator. Although Carolina has a lot of needs, do you trade a lot or several draft picks to move up and take Joe Burrow this year's draft? <laughs> um, I don't know what they're going to do here. Because if you said you had Keekley, Cam Newton, and Christian McCaffrey, then you feel like you got a starting point of, but Greg Olson's going to retire. And then you start to look at some of these other players that you got 14 unrestricted free agents with Carolina. 
And that includes Gerald McCoy, Trey Boston, um, Greg Olson. It is, he's already said his goodbyes. Uh, writing's on the wall. I, I think you've got to start to look at rebuilding here, but I don't think you could go, like, how much can you go all in to have the Bengals give you the opportunity to draft Joe Burrow? You know, you're moving on from Cam Newton. It, it, it feels like that. Expensive, injured, coming back, and what kind of quarterback will he be? Evan in North Carolina joins us. Hi, Evan. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. Five nine one seventy. Hey, yeah, I just uh, had some thoughts to share on uh, Aaron Hernandez. I worked for the Florida Gator football team uh, back in the glory days when every, when Urban and Tebow were all there, including Aaron. Um, the Aaron that I saw every day for two years was a happy, fun-loving, joyful guy, and it was just it's sad to see everything that he did. And I just wonder wonder where it went wrong. You know, was it was it CTE? It sure seems like that could have been a major part of it, and him getting back up with his friends in the Northeast really really brought him down. It's just sad yeah. to see it. And I think, and thank you, Evan. I I think getting back in the Northeast, and it doesn't take long to get from Bristol, Connecticut, which is where he grew up, and having some of his homeboys go up there to Foxborough. And once you get around your old friends, and maybe that's who he really was. Maybe you put on a good face when you're at Florida. But he was hiding his sexuality. You know, being uh, married and having a, a daughter, but he was gay. And he wanted to be a gangster. Like he, but he, he only played three years. And I remember when he came in, and you're thinking, Belichick has done it again. He's figured out how to get an advantage using his tight ends to beat you down the field. And we worried that Gronk was the guy out of control. And all he was doing was taking off his shirt and doing keg stands. Aaron Hernandez is out killing people. And then he got a contract extension for... I, I I just don't know how you hide that, all of that, and you can you can sprinkle in CTE if you want to, but it feels like there was a whole lot more that was already going on that I don't know if you could blame it on CTE where all of a sudden he decided to snap. David in California joins us. Hi, David. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. Thanks for the call. Um, five seven one seventy. Um, so I'm checking the schedule right now, and there's no interleague play for Dodgers-Astros this year. But opening day, Dodger fans, put this on your calendar in Anaheim. April 3rd, uh, Angels-Astros. So it might be a lot of Dodger fans there expressing their opinion. <laughs> displeasure. Um, their displeasure, yeah. Um, second, I'd just like to bring up about the Hall of Fame, and I don't want to turn this into who didn't get in, but I'm a Steeler fan. The fact that L.C. Greenwood isn't in the Hall of Fame is a joke, so... I don't even recognize the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but they got you Donnie Shell. So I I understand that. You can't put everybody in, and as much as I loved L.C. Greenwood, and I think the Steelers had the best defense I ever saw. If you look at the number of Hall of Famers off that defense, and maybe the Bears have more Hall of Famers, or the I don't know, the Cowboys, but that that Steeler team, Donnie Shell was a backup defensive back. And you had three great uh linebackers there. Yeah, and then you had your front four, which was awesome. And then your secondary was awesome. Yeah, Pauline. I'm noticing some Cowboy fan anger. Drew Pearson, the great wide receiver yeah. of the 70s, did not make the Hall of Fame, and I think that will be it for him as yeah. far as a chance to get in. He was a three-time All-Pro, not Pro Bowl, but All-Pro. 
He was also on the all-decade team of the 70s. He's the only member of the all-decade team of the 70s of the NFL to not be in the Hall of Fame, and he mm. won't be going. And they actually had a camera on him Ooh. with his family around him. Newey Scruggs, the radio host we know, yeah. uh, tweeted it out um, that Drew Pearson had his family and friends around him with a camera on him when he found out he did not make it. Oh, boy. It's such a... It, I can't imagine what it's like that you wait each year for that moment and it could either be the best day or it, it's it's a horrible day. And you wait for the phone call when you're, you know, for the Baseball Hall of Fame. And you just sit there and stare at a phone and you wait. And anybody who calls or if somebody calls and then you're waiting for, you know, the head of the Baseball Writers Association to let you know that you're in the Hall of Fame. Or in the NFL, where you're sitting in a room and they're going to go, like, let me walk in and say, you get to come out and you get to come out and you get you get in the Hall of Fame and you get in the Hall of Fame. I, oh, I couldn't imagine that. I mean, I, I never waited around to get into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. I, I'm very fortunate that I get in this year, but I was never going, is this the year I get in? But these players, they're on a time limit of, you know, you got to, it just... It changes your life. You get that stamp of immortality. You get that moment where you get to relive and thank and, you know, those, those who get that opportunity, uh, you know, it's just a rebirth for some of these guys. And some of the, you know, not everybody's a millionaire. You know, these guys get that call and it's a chance to just be around those players. And that's what they miss the most. It's, I just miss that atmosphere. You talk to players. And I'll, I'll ask Antonio Gates, what are you going to miss the most? And he'll say, being around the players, being in the locker room, being part of a team. Yeah, Todd. Can't they text you a smiley face or a sad face ahead of time so you're not waiting for a knock at the door or before the phone rings or it doesn't <laughs> ring? And this way you kind of know, and it's not like every time the phone rings, oh, grandma's on the phone. I just saw where Bobby Petrino is He's back in coaching at Missouri State. That's like, the old SEMO, Southeast Missouri State. That's why people don't oh, know the school. Okay. I think it's in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I used to kick it down there. Okay. So he's had an interesting career. Louisville, he got fired. He was at Western Kentucky. He was at Arkansas. He was with the Falcons. He left the Falcons to go to the Arkansas job. He left after 13 games with the Falcons. I, could, I mean... Were they going to pass you by? They're going to pass you up if you uh, decided to stay for an entire season there. And I, I don't need, didn't he leave a note or something for his players? He, did, he didn't even stand or stay around to tell them anything. Yes, Todd. And he pulled up to the press conference on a motorcycle, <laughs> which is probably not the best way to go, given the past. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the optics of Odell Beckham Jr. handing out so-called fake money after the national title game. Now, we have a theory on this. Because if you're LSU, can you imagine their compliance officer? Let, imagine the compliance officer is probably, you know, knee deep in his cups or, you know, having a celebration. Just won a national title. You're in New Orleans. You're off duty. Everything's great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, phone rings. Uh, yeah, media's all over this. Odell Beckham, uh, he was handing out money yeah, on national TV. What? Yeah, yeah, handing out money. Okay, how do we spend this? Fake money. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it. We'll do fake money. But he's 
He's shaking hands with these players and handing them money, which is a violation because he's a booster. He's donated money to the school, like Penny Hardaway did. If you're LSU, and he's doing it right in front of the cameras here, do you really think that Odell Beckham is carrying around a wad of fake cash? Like, just in case, it feels like everything he does is on the real. Look at my watch. Look at my shoes. Look at my hair. Look at me. Like, he wouldn't carry a fake wad of cash around. Yeah, Paul. Do you think, in all seriousness, the compliance department looked at the rules and said, if we say this is real money, and even if the players gave it back the minute the camera stopped rolling, it's some type of low-level violation, and they, if we say it's fake money, you can't be busted for taking Monopoly money. I, I really think that's what the compliance may have looked at. What can we say here to say it was not real money? Don't you think that's real money? Like you said, what... what is, is he carrying a bankroll of fake 50s? I can't imagine that Odell Beckham would ride like that. Everything about him is, I want you to see what I got. He wants you to see that he's got a wad of cash. He don't want you to go, oh, is that, like, do I put the real hundred outside and then I've got uh, all the other hundreds are fake. And, and where did he get his fake money? But he, that looks like it's real cash. Yeah, for two. Because then you're pranking the players if you're handing them fake money. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And why would you have that ahead of time? It's, I know he likes to pre-plan little things and look at me, but you're basically dissing these players that you're pretending to give them actual cash, but you're not. Ha-ha. And then you have people who work with LSU are watching this and smiling, laughing. Not a good look. Not a good look. <laughs> that that butt. <laughs> Okay. If he was actually handing out cash on the sidelines yeah. or on the field after the game, yeah. do you think that the LSU people that are standing there watching would be smiling and laughing? I don't think they realized in the moment what he was doing. Like, I mean, they're, they're probably just happy and, yeah, Odell's, <laughs> Odell's giving him some cash. I don't think in the moment that you're real. I'm, when I watched it, I didn't, in the moment, I didn't process it going until later I go, if, if that's real money, now all of a sudden LSU has to vacate the title. Clemson demands they vacate the title because those kids got paid. I remember $100 handshakes by a uh, college basketball team when I was uh, growing up. When I was in college, that there was a uh, university, they had $100 handshakes. So you'd go up to a booster, and everybody knew this, and then they would... Not, not me, I never... <laughs> I had to give $100 to the boosters, uh, but they would give $100 handshakes to the players. It was, it was common practice. Everybody knew about $100 handshakes. Can't really be that obvious like Odell Beckham is, but everything about him is he wants you to notice him. Yes, Fritzy. Now, if you're in bed sleeping in, you're the compliance officer or part of that group, are you running right into the office? Do you have time to shower first? Put something nice on? What are you, what are you doing immediately when you get that call? Working from home? What are you well, they're do? probably still out. They're probably still celebrating. You're getting a text while you're in some bar somewhere. Yeah, at you're at Bourbon Street, and you're going, uh, yeah, you better come down. We got some trouble here. The NCAA's got too much to worry. You know, unless Yahoo Sports or somebody like that comes uh E60 comes out with something, the NCAA is going to go, oh, we got other things to worry about. We're not worried about handshakes. Yeah, Paul. Right, the NCAA's so oblivious <laughs> that Odell Beckham has to hand a kid $100 <laughs> on national TV for them to say, you know, there might be something going on here. We're going to take a look at that. The most famous guy in the sport has to do it on national TV. 
We've also uh, become billionaires during the show, apparently. Uh, I came up with the idea of my tequila. It's called Tequila Mockingbird. And then if we're doing the uh, Literary Spirits is going to be our brand name. We're going to have a full bar. Uh, Huckleberry Gin was another one that I like. Uh, Catcher in the Rye Whiskey. Yes, Paul. <laughs> the Hunt for Red October. Ooh. A more modern novel, <laughs> but very, po- very I popular. I think that's... How about Mary Shelley's Frankenbeerstein? Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oliver Vodka with a twist. Okay. Oliver Twist. Tw- with a twist. Uh, Treasure Long Island. That's uh, Austin in normal Illinois. Fahrenheit 450 rum. Instead of 451. Can you make something 451 proof? Oh, no. That would, oh, I mean, that wouldn't if work. you did, it would, <laughs> you, would, you would get drunk off the fumes. Old-fashioned man in the sea. All right. Okay. Gone with the whiskey? Nah. Brand's taking a hit. Yeah, it is. We don't want to water this down. Yeah. Tequila uh, Mockingbird is good. Okay. <laughs> I just think we go with Huckleberry Gin and we go with uh, Tequila Mockingbird. I just want to get rich enough one day that I can say, you know, it doesn't buy happiness. <laughs> That's what I want. I, I want just, to be miserable on a boat too. Yeah, I want to be. I want to be able to be like, I t- it doesn't, it doesn't uh, buy happiness. <laughs> Wasn't there? That's what I want. I think there's a Japanese billionaire, and he's handing out. I think it's about nine thousand dollars to hundreds and hundreds of people. But he wants to prove that money won't make you happy. I need more than $9,000 to see if money will or won't make me happy. Like, if you're a billionaire, hand out a million dollars to 10 people. If you, if you really want to prove your theory that money's not going to make you happy, then do that. Not, what, what's your hunch? You think it does? or I think people would love to try and see if it can make you happy. Yeah, see. Well, that's why, like, there's this thing, you know, the whole giving pledge where there's yeah. all these billionaires who yeah. are like, hey, we're giving away all of our money and it feels so good. Take the giving pledge. But it turns out they're all making more money off of giving away their money. How does that work? <laughs> How does that work out? Where they're because of the way they're giving away their money, yeah. they're, they're just raking in cash. Yeah, Paul. How's that work? We've had Warren Buffett on this show probably about half a dozen times and he seems happy as hell every he time does. we talk to him. He does. He's laughing. I'm guessing Bill Gates is, is seems like he's in good spirits. Mark Cuban's always in good mood unless he's getting fined by the NBA. Doesn't buy happiness. Apparently not. Doesn't <laughs> buy sports teams and jets. So. Be careful what you wish for. Uh, bang the rum slowly. Fritzy wants to remember that uh, and promote. We we promote responsible it drinking. Promotes responsible <laughs> drinking. You're telling to bang the rum slowly. So you got two things. There. You got All the right. play on words, and you're like, hey, easy with the rum. You got to get in the car later. Be careful. Have a, have, have a designated driver. I don't want to work. I just bang, bang on the rum all day. That's the first commercial. Now, isn't that Todd Rundgren who did that? And it doesn't sound like anything that... When I hear that song, you can't be in a bad mood. If you're in a bad mood, you get in a better mood when you hear that song. That's just like a Blue Sveed. Remember our our, uh, our favorite song with Blue Sveed, Todd? Hooked on a Feeling. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Come on, everybody, tap in your foot. And right now, 22 after the hour, 96 Rock. There you go. Here's Todd Rundgren. 
This is if you're the afternoon DJ, you play yeah. this every day at five o'clock. Killing it. You know what time it is? Yeah. Or Von Drago sung the song. I didn't know that. That's bizarre. What? Oh, that's Dolph Lundgren. This is Todd Rundgren. Should have gone to break. Uh, Should have gone to break. I can use some of that gin right see, now. <laughs> see, now you ruined it. I did. You did. I that, the, that's the second time today. Everybody, you're a buzzkill. I thought you'd get that a little quicker, though. That kind of ruined it, too. No, uh, Lundgren, you think Dolph good Lundgren. Thing. No, it's on me that I didn't yes. get Dolph Lundgren. One of you guys usually bails me out and gives, gives me some kind Let of... Let me take a break. got the great laugh. Let me take nothing. a break. Let me take a break. Wow, Von Drago? What? Todd Rundgren. Ugh. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> God. That's classic. I should have stayed quiet one of many times throughout the course of today's program. 23 after the hour. Antonio Gates will join us coming up next. Everybody's got a to-do list. I get one from my wife. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, figure out something to get out of the house so I can relax. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Do you like extra money in your pocket? Do you like not having to drive somewhere to pick something up? This is the way to do it. It just may be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. That's geico.com. Why wait to live your best life? Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care at InnovativeGYN.com are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow, endometriosis will spread. If you ignore a GYN condition, you can also risk anemia from increased blood loss. Why are you waiting? The CIGC difference is our training and our techniques. State-of-the-art, minimally invasive procedures are performed as same-day outpatient surgeries. Recovery from the exclusive CIGC procedures is just days. Innovative techniques, superior results. That's the CIGC difference. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. By the way, most playoff appearances without playing in a Super Bowl since 1970. 18 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Then it's the Lions with, well, they didn't play, playing in a Super Bowl. Lions, Jets, Browns, Jaguars. So most playoff berths without playing in a Super Bowl. So the Lions have had 12 playoff berths, no Super Bowl. The Jets, uh, they've had 12. Of course, they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Cleveland Browns with 11, and the Jacksonville Jaguars with uh, seven on that list. We're waiting for uh, Antonio Gates. By the way, here's something for you. Stat of the day, perhaps. Perhaps. In NFL history, only Jerry Rice caught more TD passes in the red zone than Antonio Gates. 
Rice with 94, Gates 92, Tony Gonzalez 85, Chris Carter 84, and Larry Fitzgerald, who's coming back for another season, with 82. Gates, by the way, 116 career touchdown catches overall. That's seventh most all-time and uh, first among tight ends. And, yes, Larry Fitzgerald is coming back for another season. That'd be a 17th season, McLevin? I believe so. Someone just said that. So, And as, uh, I don't know if he can catch. He'd have to play two and a half more seasons. He'd have to play three seasons to catch Jerry Rice, right? You do 70 catches a year. And he's 172 away. Oh, I thought you were talking about the important stat, receiving yards. Oh, is that the that's the most important? Catches. Catches don't In today's mean anything. game, there's nothing. Catches have gone even farther down. Okay. A, a two-yard catch. But no, he's 5,000 behind Rice for uh, yards, too. So 5,000. Yeah, that's one where Rice really lapped the field. Well, I don't think they were going to Jerry for two-yard passes, either, with that West Coast offense. And Jerry played such a long time, but it felt like Jerry could turn something small into something larger. You know, and look at these numbers, by the way. Like Isaac Bruce is fifth. I mean, if you're talking about, and Torrey Holt is up there, too. Like okay, the, but how important is that to you? Because you're always telling me that, you know, how catches are overrated, but yards per catch? Is, well, no, total yards is, I think, how total you... Total yards. When you say who's the rece- leading receiver, when they talk about NFL, they talk about yards. Okay. They don't talk about catches anymore. Uh, Michael Thomas, they talked about the number of catches. Yeah, but if you like look at NFL.com, you look at receiving leaders, they put yards. Oh. That's that's the standard. Okay. Like Wes Welker was never the best receiver uh, in, his, in the game. He had a lot of catches. He yeah. didn't have a lot of yards. Yeah, and he never got paid like Calvin Johnson. But Michael Thomas of the Saints gives you catches and yards. Right, right he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's an MVP candidate. But this isn't the greatest single season a receiver's ever had, is it? Because I, Randy Moss had, what, 22 touchdown receptions that year with uh, Brady? Yeah, it was a 22 or 23. And yeah. Calvin Johnson had like close to 2,000 yards. 2,000 yards. Okay, out of those three, and I'm, I'm sure we're leaving out some people, who would you pick then? If, if I said Michael Thomas with what he did, Randy Moss what he did, and Calvin Johnson to do that with a, you know the Lions. Wow, I mean, it'd be a, be a toss-up between Moss and Calvin Johnson. Because don't I have to give Calvin Johnson extra credit here? He's doing it with That's, the Lions. And Thomas did it with Drew Brees and the Saints and a, a playoff team. And Moss did it with an undefeated pa- Patriots team. Yeah, Paul. You know what's one of the greatest receiving seasons ever, in my opinion, is 2013, second year in the league, uh, Josh Gordon. He caught 87 balls for 1,700 yards, 19 <laughs> yards a catch. He was 22 years old. Yes, McLovin. We had this great debate today. We were talking about before the show, Mike Florio has been beat, banging the drum for Taysom Hill to take over the Saints shop, by the way. Yeah, I don't know why. Because would Teddy Bridgewater be the next in line? You and think? I love, I, hey, Taysom Hill's great. I mean, he's, he's very entertaining. I don't know if he's your every down quarterback. And, and we followed him since he was at BYU. And, and we've had him on the show. But now when you watch him, I don't think there's a position where you go, oh, Taysom Hill's in there. He could be a defensive back, special teams, wide receiver, running back, quarterback, fullback. 
He's like the uh, throwback guy. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Taysom Hill at BYU, he was a, a mishmash as a passer. His, his stats weren't that great. Touchdowns, interceptions, uh, percentage. He's a bulldozer. He's, you know, he, but he's going to be curious to see every down, though. He's pretty fat. He's a good, a great athlete. Yes, McLeod. I'm amazed at how fast he is. He, he's huge. And yeah. Yeah, it's like Tebow, but, but everything a little better. But he threw six passes last year. But now is the time because he's a running. He he can yep. give you the run pass option. Yeah. Like I mean, it's Lamar Jackson going to change the way everybody thinks about running quarterbacks. Yeah, it's one thing to think about that. It's another thing to find the right guy to do that. Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs in rushing, but I wouldn't consider him Lamar Jackson like. Kyler Murray could be like Lamar Jackson. He's just not as you know the the, the same size as him. What about Jalen Hurts as a pro? Have you dug into that at all? I, I haven't. But it felt like, remember, he wasn't going to be drafted to then. He started out so, remember, he had won the Heisman in September. And then his somebody said he was going to be a first-round draft pick, late yeah, first round. We, we did that story. And yeah. I went, okay. So he went from not being drafted to now he's going to be a, a, maybe a late first-round draft pick. But then he fell off a little bit. Yes, he did. But I haven't seen him in the mocks in the first round since then. But I don't know what happened to him. I mean, Lincoln Riley obviously can sprinkle some uh, fairy dust on him and Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and make them better. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, Justin Herbert's an athlete. Uh, he can give you a little bit of that as well. In fact, he had three touchdowns in the bowl game, and they were running. Antonio Gates, uh, the native of Detroit, we have a listener, Jeff in Detroit, and he said, when you came on the show, Antonio, I'm supposed to say, what up, doe? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, <laughs> How, is, is that is that the appropriate jargon for uh, Detroit? What up, Doe? Yeah, that's uh, okay. That's a, All right, the normal. I'm from Detroit uh, language. Uh, if you don't know that, you're not from Detroit. Okay, that's well, for sure. <laughs> well, Jalen Rose always says that too. So I, absolutely, yeah, that's my guy. I mean, I'm straight out of Ohio, so just letting you know that uh, I I. I kind of plug and play on some of these things I'm supposed to know. Do you feel retired? Uh, yeah, I do now. <laughs> uh, after yesterday and uh, after all the, the generous, kind words from uh, you know fellow teammates and coaches, um, uh, yeah, I, I felt like it was time. I felt like I needed um, time to reevaluate it. It took a while to get to this point. Uh, you know, normally when you hear the word retired, uh, it's just like saying you can't do it anymore. And I, I, for the longest, I felt like I had something in the tank. And then I got to a point where, you know, as this, the course of the season was going through, and I just said, um, yeah, um, I think it's that time for me to just go ahead and move on to the next chapter of my life. If I told you 20 years ago you were going to go to the Hall of Fame, what would you have told me? Man, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed it, uh, to be honest with you. Um not in the game of football, uh, you know. So my whole life was it was predicated around uh, the game of basketball. So um, ironically, uh, watching myself and hearing things and all these generous words about the game of football, uh, it still blows me away to this day. But let me know if I have this uh, timeline correct. As a freshman, you went to Michigan State and you were going to play for Nick Saban, but you were hoping to play basketball for Tom Izzo, and then. Saban says you can only play football. So then you decide that you still want to play basketball. You go to Eastern Michigan. 
where you play for part of a season and then you transfer to Kent State. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. What was Saban like? Uh, high side, uh, he was a genius. <laughs> At 17 years old, um, didn't really understand why he thought I was a first-round pick in the game of football. Oh, so, he told uh, you that you could be a first-round pick? Yeah. Uh, he said Ooh. that I, I, I was a first-round pick. And uh, I want to say he just had came from the Browns. Uh, he said he, you know, he had played and coached at the Browns. Not played, he coached at the Browns. And uh, he was saying you were what NFL scouts are looking for. You have the, the natural attributes at 6'4", 260, uh, the ability to run and move. So um, I was, uh, you know, it caught me by blindside because I was 17 years old. And I was, you know, basketball was my life. Uh, football was something that I I did and I was talented at, but basketball was the majority of my work was put into basketball. So when he told me that, I just didn't, you know, I'm just like, man, look, I, you know, I want to play basketball. Uh, fast forward it, uh, you know, I want to give him his credit. Uh, he was at the, he was at the Miami Dolphins one year, and uh, we, he played us in San Diego, played the Chargers, and then uh, I want to say I had one eight catches for like 130 yards, uh, and I think he came up to me after the game and said, "What you think about that choice now?" <laughs> <laughs> Who was the best player, basketball player you played against in college? Uh, yeah, it's a combination of a couple of people. Uh, I think Chris Kamen. Uh, I think that's the closest thing. To now, he people. was what Central Michigan. He went to Central Michigan, yeah. played twice a year. Um, he's just the name that most of the time people would know. Brandon Hunter, uh, who was at uh, Ohio, was really really talented. Uh, at that time, Brandon Hunter probably was better. Um, I mean, about the Ball State had a guy named Deron Smith. I don't know how his career panned out. Uh, Marshall had a guy. I looked so. at um, what the NBA scouts said about it. They said you were a tweener. Mm-hmm. And at 6'4", I could see where they would say you were a tweener. If you, if somebody said you were going to get drafted in the first round in the NBA, would you have would you have gone to the NBA instead of the NFL? Uh, yeah, at that time, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, when you, when you think about all the, you know, the sacrifices I had made up until that point for the game of basketball. I mean, that was basically my life. And uh, I had put in so much work. But at the time, 6'4 Twinners wasn't, you know, conducive to what the NBA needed at the time. And I think now you probably can get away with it based on what you've seen Golden State Warriors do uh, with Draymond Green and things of that nature. I think now uh, even the guard play, you know, uh, you know, guys like Steph Curry, has opened up doors for certain guards now. Uh, you normally have to be super athletic and things of that nature to play the point guard spot. So, how about the big three for you? I can give Ice Cube a call, and you, you're you're turning forty, right? So, yes. What about the the uh, the three on three league? Well, yeah, it would have been in the plans in the back in the day. Oh, uh, okay. The, unfortunately, okay. the game of football doesn't let you. <laughs> you just move on, <laughs> move on to you know doing how you want to do uh, after you retire. All right, uh, I, I, think. I have a couple of Charger questions before I uh, say goodbye. Is Philip Rivers coming back to the Chargers? Um, that's, that's that's you know a pretty good question. 
Um, really don't know. I'm not sure. Are you sure uh, you don't know? Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> if I said sure. you could have Philip Rivers or Tom Brady with the Chargers right now, mm. wow! Well, uh, Antonio Gates is going to say <laughs> Philip Rivers. <laughs> So, you don't want to tell me 89 <laughs> So, uh, you know what I mean? That's my guy. He's going to always be my guy. Uh, I've been asked that question a lot over the past course of a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, but I, what I will say is that um, uh, if, if whatever happens for the organization, you know I wish them the best. Uh, because that's like family to me, and Philip is definitely family to me, so I wish him the best. And if Tom Brady was, you know, generous enough to come and join the Chargers, I would definitely be one of his biggest fans and his biggest supporters. Well, congrats on a great career, and uh, we appreciate you joining us, Antonio. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. What up? No. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. I've never sounded wider. What up, no? (laughs) We're going to take a break here. We'll be back. Dan Patrick show after this. It's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow. Endometriosis will spread. Why are you waiting? The CIGC specialists use exclusive laparoscopic techniques to treat complex GYN conditions. You don't need to suffer from abnormal bleeding or pelvic pain. Book a consultation at Innovative GYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. I saw where Tua Tonga-Vailoa, according to his agent Lee Steinberg, will be throwing before the draft. Okay. That would be an interesting pro day for him. Because how much can he do at that pro day? If he's going to be able to throw before the draft, and the draft is coming up in... What, two months, McLovin? April 23rd, yeah. yeah. So three months, April 23rd? I mean, he was on crutches on one leg the last time we saw him around New Year's. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But if you have a pro day, 
Is he going to go to the combine is what I'd be curious about. Because that'll still help the scouts when they're able to put him in front of the uh, the chalkboard there and have him diagram plays. They get to see his medicals, and then you get to interview him. Now, I think the interviewing process, you're going to like the kid. But the medicals, that's what they really want to see. That, and if I put you up there and I say, all right, here's the play. Now tell me what the play is, or however they do it. Uh, yeah, McLeod. Do you remember when Drew Rosenhaus was selling Willis McGahee for a whole offseason? Yeah. And he's still, he was devastatingly injured, right? I, as I recall, it was terrible. We were at that national title game. Fiesta Bowl. And you could tell. You, I usually uh, look at the reaction of teammates. And when you see that, when they react and how they react, that usually tells you the severity of, of an injury. And that's when you knew. But Willis McGahee went to Buffalo at, what, 22 or 23 in the first round? Something like that. And he had a pretty good career. Did he gain 1,000 yards his first season? I, I know he gained 1,000 yards. It felt like a couple of years. Yeah, Paul. I remember specifically Darren Ravel, who was at ESPN at the time, had a story that McGahee bought um, catastrophic injury insurance the day before the Fiesta Bowl and had the opportunity to cash it in for maybe a million if he wanted to give up his career right there, but he couldn't play again. And they rolled the dice and, and played. You got his numbers there, McLevin? Yeah, so he didn't play at all his first year, according to this, but he had four 1,000-year-old seasons. I'd almost had a fifth, so yeah, he was very productive. This day in sports history, Paulie? 1958, the New York Yankees, way ahead of the curve, in 58 announced they would televise 140 of their games for the 58 season. 1997, Dennis Rodman kicked a cameraman in the groin. You always remember that clip. Mm. 2001, an anonymous bidder bid $3 million for the baseball that Mark McGuire hit, the 70th home run ball. And the first Super Bowl was played in 1967, Packers versus the Chiefs, 35-10. I remember watching that game, um, and I was a Packer fan. For it, I, I was an NFL fan, but I always appreciated the AFL because the AFL gave the African-Americans from the, the all-black colleges or small colleges an opportunity to play. That's why the AFL had a lot of these players who came from Grambling and Southern and you know some of these other smaller schools are all black universities because the AFL gave you that opportunity to play and you could play quarterback. Uh, it was different with the NFL. All righty, uh, Fritzy, what did you learn on today's program? We're thinking about starting our own liquor company or brands based on famous novels like Tequila Mockingbird. McLovin, what did you learn today? Don't forget Ale of Two Cities. Yeah, I like that one. Seton O'Connor? Being a billionaire doesn't buy happiness. <laughs> Just doesn't. <laughs> Polyester? Catcher in the rye, Dan. Catcher in the rye whiskey. Catcher in the rye whiskey. What did I learn, Todd? You learned making the owner's money doesn't make you a great Hall of Fame commissioner. How did you make the game better? Yeah. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. Make 2020 a year you will remember for the right reasons. Use LegalZoom to help you out. Go to LegalZoom.com today. Enter the promo code Patrick in the box at checkout for special savings. That's LegalZoom.com, promo code Patrick. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. My thanks to all the great people behind the scenes who make this happen every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Dan Patrick Show. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tip T.I. Harris. Come check me out, man. Join me on my new podcast called Expeditionally. Exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, every week I'm going to be talking to people who move the culture forward, who are shaping and changing the world in their own way. You're going to hear some shit that will change your life and move the needle in your world. 
Expeditiously is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, what I need you to do is download and subscribe to Expeditiously with a new episode dropping every Thursday. Do it expeditiously. Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow. Endometriosis will spread. Why are you waiting? The CIGC specialists use exclusive laparoscopic techniques to treat complex GYN conditions. You don't need to suffer from abnormal bleeding or pelvic pain. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888- surgery five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life and now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst they're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise try them both then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com you could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.